For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. Workers at the Starbucks at the Elmwood Avenue shop became the first corporately owned Starbucks to unionize. Most stores are on Elmwood Avenue in Buffalo, Genesee Street in Cheektowaga, and Camp Road in Hamburg. Starbucks operates nearly 9,000 stores across the country, making them one of the nation's biggest coffee chains. And now workers at dozens of those stores are starting to organize. It has not been easy. Starbucks Corporation's been fighting them every step of the way. On this podcast, you'll hear from a worker on the ground in Buffalo, where it all started. And we'll talk to Edgar Romney, the secretary-treasurer of Workers United, the union that's organizing Starbucks workers. So it made sense to start the podcast where the unionization efforts started in Buffalo, New York. And joining me via Zoom is Michelle Eisen. Is a, she's a leader of the Starbucks Workers United campaign in Buffalo, New York. Michelle, thank you for coming on the Union Strong podcast. I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for having me. And I have to say first, congratulations. This is so exciting. I mean, you you guys were the beginning of this whole union movement that's now spread across the country. So congratulations. That's just awesome to see. Thank you very much. It, um, it has definitely turned into a movement, which is really exciting. I don't think we could have foreseen this back in August when we launched this campaign, just how fast um, and furious this was going to spread. So it's really amazing. That's fantastic. So can you start um, by telling us a little bit about how it began in Buffalo? What were the issues um, that brought you to this point? I can. Um, It kind of started a a few years ago, actually. There's a, a local coffee shop here in Buffalo, a chain called Spot Coffee, and they managed to unionize back in the summer of 2019. So I think that kind of planted the seed, at least with a lot of the baristas here in Buffalo, that it was a possibility to unionize our businesses, which I don't think we ever really anticipated being an option at at this point. Um, And then the pandemic hit. So any sort of excitement or momentum that was started by Spot, unfortunately, sort of quieted down when we were all dealing with, you know, life in a pandemic. But what also happened because of that is the pandemic sort of acted as a catalyst for those of us here in Buffalo and probably across the country, those of us Starbucks workers who just didn't feel like we were being taken care of by our company throughout this pandemic. So that I think really sort of lit a fire. I know for myself, I have spent 11 years with this company and um, I did not feel like the company was looking out for its workers during this pandemic. I was at a point back in spring of 2021 where I'd made the choice to probably leave this company after spending so much time and energy in investing um, myself into this company. I loved working at these coffee shops. I've worked at a couple in Buffalo and another one actually in Hawaii. So, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in this company and I was at a point where I was, I was done. We were being called essential workers this entire pandemic and told it was important to be there for our customers. We were representing some level of normalcy um, in an otherwise very chaotic world but we weren't being treated like we were essential. I felt like our safety was at risk on a regular basis. We weren't being compensated fairly. And so I was about to walk away. And then a coworker approached me and said, hey, I'd love to get coffee with you outside of work, which is (laughs) funny because we sell coffee. Um, So we met and she said, we've been talking, a few of us baristas here at different stores in Buffalo. And we were thinking we should try to start a Starbucks union. And it was the answer that I was looking for. It was a way to improve our working conditions, to give ourselves a voice in our workplace 
and still allow me to stay at a with a company that I, I liked working for with people that I truly loved. And so that was where it began. You got to a point, didn't you, that you actually walked out? Did that happen? Uh, we had a walkout at my store, unfortunately, over COVID safety just at the beginning of this January. So right after the new year, we were in the peak of the Omicron variant here in Buffalo. And we had been saying to upper management that things were not safe in these cafes. And this morning, workers walked off the job. They walked out for what the union called unsafe working conditions and says employees were pressured to work despite understaffing and COVID concerns. They say they'll return to work when it's safe. We were not being given adequate safety gear. We were not being allowed to refuse service to unmasked um, customers in, in Erie County where we are. There was a mask mandate put back into place right around Thanksgiving. So we're talking about a state mandate. Legally, mm -hmm. we should be able to enforce that. And we were being told that company policy stated that we had to not only serve these unmasked customers, but if I refused to serve them, I could be reprimanded and possibly disciplined. So it, it just came to a head where half of our staff was on social uh, with, was on self-isolation for either COVID or COVID exposure. So we were working very short staffed. Nothing was being done to, to help these situations. And one morning it, it just came to a, a peak. And um, those of us who were on the floor that day walked out. And uh, we struck for about five days, I believe. And then you start, you know, you, you're starting this effort and you're talking about organizing. What was the response from management? What happened there? Um, it was a, a very disappointing response. I mean, I know this is a corporation and, and um, by, by sort of default, you would sort of anticipate them being anti-organizing or anti-union. But Starbucks was supposed to be a different kind of company. They've always professed to be very progressive. Uh, one of their statements and their, their mission and values is to uh, continually challenge the status quo. So while I did think there would be a little bit of resistance at the beginning, I did not anticipate the level of um, union busting that came out of our announcement. Uh, within about a day of us filing our petition, we went public the 23rd of August of 2021. We filed our petition on August 30th, 2021. So it was about a week. Within two days of that petition being filed, Buffalo received an onslaught of high-level management from all over the country from Starbucks that came in. Um, some of them have never left. They're still here currently, um, staying at hotels in the area. Um, lots of surveillance, lots of coming into our cafes and coming onto our floors in the middle of a busy day and um, being there under the guise of wanting to help us, um, but really just getting in the way and preventing us really from doing our jobs the way we should be doing our jobs. Um, it was incredibly, incredibly off-putting. It was scary for a lot of my fellow coworkers. Um, I was angry. You know, it was not the company that I thought I had spent so much time and energy working for for the last decade of my life. And um, they just didn't present themselves in a way that I think they would like the world to view them. And you were getting a lot of support throughout this, right? And, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. Like on social media, it really took off. You guys have a huge presence right now on social media. How did all of that play into this? The day we went public, um, it was very strategic planning. And I'm, I'm really incredibly proud of the committee that, that pulled this together when they did, because the day we, we went public, all of our social media launched at the same time. So our Twitter account, our Facebook, our Instagram, and it was immediate. It was immediate, the level of support. I think initially it was from partners. Starbucks refers to their employees as partners. Mm -hmm. um, 
which really stems from us being, we are given uh, granted stocks on an annual basis. So I think that's really where that term originated from, but it's also been used by upper management to sort of manipulate us for a very long time as well. You know, we're all partners just because I'm making six times what you make a year doesn't mean I'm not your partner. So um, the level of support we got initially was from partners across the country who had been experiencing the same thing we had been experiencing here in Buffalo, the same thing that Elmwood, my cafe was going through. And they were looking to us and going, we have an answer. You know, this is the answer to what we've been looking for. Um, and then it became community support. Buffalo is, is a union town and it's a, it's a town that, you know, we're a mid-sized city, but it feels like a small town. And if someone in your city is looking for your support, you know, but the Buffalo community is right there to step up. So that was fantastic. And then we started getting support from union leaders across the country. We started getting support from politicians like AOC and Bernie. Starbucks is a company that has the resources to provide its workers with good wages, with good working conditions and good benefits. The time is right. This is the time for this movement, for workers to stand up. We're still in the middle of this awful pandemic and we're looking at these, you know, hourly employees, these service workers that are here in the thick of it. You know, from day one, we have been doing our jobs and trying to help our communities and not being treated fairly or compensated fairly. So they were there to say, this is it. Let's go. We're here. We're here for whatever you need. So the vote finally took place. You officially unionized. And so now the next step is your, you've started your contract negotiations with the company? We have, we've had, I believe, two bargaining sessions thus far, um, very preliminary, uh, very, you know, laying the groundwork and the ground rules and talking about scheduling and, and hopefully going forward to, to being able to present some proposals and, and look at different articles for possible contract. Um, it's, it was a historical moment, that moment we first sat down because it's the first time, at least in recent history, that you know, a Starbucks worker has been able to sit across the table from a member of Starbucks corporate and say, this is what we need in order to do our jobs properly. And this is what we deserve. And it wasn't an edict coming down from Seattle saying that this is how things were going to be done from this point on. We were we were going to have a conversation about it. How did that feel? I mean, there you did what we always talk about. You leveled the playing field. You were had a seat at the table. You had a voice. You have a voice in the workplace. How did that feel? It was exciting. I think we were all really excited to be there. We did a little um, sort of icebreaker exercise, which I'm not sure they were fully expecting. Um, but Can you tell was, us about that? We, we did. We um, Initially, one of my uh, coworkers was like, I'm just going to ask everybody what their favorite animal is. And uh, we didn't actually get to get to that point, but we did get to go around and introduce ourselves and say how long we'd been you know, with the company and why we enjoyed our time there. And uh, one of my other coworkers gave a little uh, history presentation on, you know, the Workers United Union and why, you know, it was so important that this is the the union that was helping us to organize, and um, it was it was great. It was a really cool experience, and it, it did it it made us feel like we were we finally had done it. We had we had the voice, which is what most of us have been saying from day one was the whole reason for doing this. I mean, there are a lot of things that eventually we will want to talk about, you know, seniority pay and health and safety and benefits. But the biggest thing was just being allowed to have that conversation. And so that's what, that's where we are right now. And how does it feel now that it's spreading all across the country? I mean, it's just incredible what's happening. It's amazing. Every day, every day there's a new petition launching or several petitions launching 
And we have this network of people. It's, you know, it's the same network that kind of always existed because Starbucks had the reputation or has the reputation of being this progressive company. It has always attracted sort of like-minded people in a lot of ways. So the network has always existed, but now we're using it to our advantage. We're, we're standing up and saying, you know, there are thousands more of us right now than there are of, you know, corporate and upper management. And we're going to use that strength. Their strength, there really is strength in numbers, especially when we're all fighting for the same cause. And so we're going to continue to stand together from, you know, coast to coast at this point. The second city to launch after Buffalo was actually Mesa, Arizona. And they launched before we even had our vote count here in Buffalo. So that kind of, you know, set the tone, you know, we're on East Coast, West Coast, and we're all fighting the same fight. And that's, really amazing. It's exciting. Fantastic. Congratulations to you. Let me just wrap up by asking then, is there something that um, the, anyone listening or watching can do to support you? Um, I think just continuing to make it very clear and aware that Starbucks is still continuing to fight this union. I mean, they're continuing the anti-union tactics from every campaign that's launching is going through the same thing that we went through in Buffalo. And until they denounce that until they're willing to recognize their workers' right to organize, we're always going to be fighting the same fight. So putting that kind of pressure on them to say, hey, you're saying you are this wonderful company. You're better than other companies. You're a progressive company. So let's see that. You know, Let's stop the union busting. Let's stop going into these stores and intimidating these workers because truly we, we want to negotiate the best contract we can, not just for us here in Buffalo, but for Starbucks across the country. And it's, it's you know, becoming a little bit, um, I don't know if I, we really want to use the word bad faith right now, but until you stop the union busting in other parts of the country, it's hard to, to feel like we're going to get the contract we need to here in Buffalo. Well, once again, congratulations, Michelle. We're, we're all rooting for you. We're all fighting for you and uh, keep up the fight there in Buffalo. Thank you for coming on the Union Strong podcast. Thank you very much. Joining me on the podcast is Edgar Romney, the Secretary Treasurer of Workers United, the union organizing Starbucks workers. And Edgar's also on our executive committee at the New York State AFL-CIO. Edgar, thanks, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So we just heard from one of the workers on the ground that, that where this whole unionization effort with Starbucks started in Buffalo, Michelle, and she um, spoke a, a lot about what she was up against. And now we're just seeing this whole wave all across the country. It just really picked up. There's this whole union movement. And so what I, I mean, what do you make of that? What are you hearing from workers at Workers United? Well, I think it's a very, very interesting point in time as to what the workers in, in Starbucks have done. Right? Uh, one of the things that we've learned here that uh, although Starbucks claims to be a very progressive and a good company, that's not the way that they were treating their workers. And I think that this movement started, and that's what I think that it is, that this movement started as a result of how people were being treated. A number of these workers have been working for Starbucks for some time, but they never felt uh, how, uh, as a result of how they had been treated and certainly in the last number of months, okay, uh, they felt as though that people, the company were just not treating them right. So they felt as though that they needed to do something about it. So are you surprised that it's taken off the way it does, the way it did? I mean, is this kind of, is this unusual? 
Well, I'm very surprised how it's taken off uh, the way it does, because that's not how organizing campaigns either get started, okay, or continue. I mean, this was a movement, and it started as a result of our union being able to organize in, in a Buffalo three uh, coffee shops known as Spot Coffee, right, which is not a national national chain, but Starbucks. And so as these workers and partners from uh, Starbucks heard about that uh, a, a situation and they were able to organize and, and actually get a union contract, they reached out uh, to the union and say, how can we join this movement? And then from there, they organized themselves, they partners talked to other workers in other stores in Buffalo, and they've, they've made good use of, of, uh, of social media, you know, Twitter. And so that's the way that they have been communicating with each other. And that's how basically how this had gotten started. So we heard some of uh, Michelle was going through some of the tactics that the corporation was using. Um, one of the things she talked about is that as soon as they got word, all of a sudden their store was flooded with these managers. Um, they had listening sessions. Is is that a surprise to you? Is is that how you see this well, happening? It was, a bit of a surpri- it was a bit of a surprise to me that they did that the way that they did it. They brought in people from Seattle, which is the headquarters of Starbucks. Okay, some really high top management people, and they tried to intimidate people, but they did it in such a way. Uh, I understand that some of the things that they did was they, some of them actually worked side by side with partners and tried to demonstrate to partners how good this company was. But the workers and partners saw through that right away. I was surprised that they actually used that type and that strategy to try to convince people that the best thing for them to do was to not go with the union. I was really surprised at that. Um, one of the things that Michelle talked about, too, is and I saw some of the language with Starbucks pushing back is they they say things like we don't need someone between us, you know, and you, meaning the workers. We don't need this union is something that comes in between the workers and your managers. And that's unnecessary. Is that an unusual tactic or do you do you hear yes, that? I, I, I think well, I think a lot of companies say you don't need a union. But I don't think most companies go as far as Starbucks went in terms of bringing people in to try to convince them and working side by side, okay, to try to convince them that that's not the best thing to do. So it was sort of a surprise to me that they used that kind of tactic, but I can assure you, okay, that it didn't work and it certainly failed miserably and is continuing to fail miserably. So now it feels like there's a lot of pressure on these folks out in Buffalo, right? Now they're to the point where they're starting to negotiate their first contract, um, they're just beginning that now. Is it is do you look at that to see what's going to happen across the country? Like, is that kind of held up as the model or when this happens, do you kind of treat them all individually? Well, it's going to be interesting to see how it develops. So one of the things that Starbucks attempted to do was to make a claim with the NLRB that the stores should be regional and they should negotiate in a region, not store by store. We felt strongly just the opposite, that each store, okay, and each partners in each store ought to be treated separately. And so we won that case with the board. And so, as you indicated, the, the negotiation process is just beginning, all right, uh, in, in Buffalo, because those were the places, that, the first places that were filed, petitions were filed and elections were held. So we're going to have to see how this plays out, okay, the, as you indicated that the negotiations are just beginning to get started. So we're just going to have to see how, how all of that works out. And is this kind of like a turning point? I mean, like, I'm just wondering why now? Like, do you think... Did the pandemic play in it? You know, we saw the whole great the resignation, people walking away from their jobs. We're, we saw a lot of job actions, strikes. Do you think people are just kind of fed up? Like, why is this taking place now? I, I, I think several reasons. I, I think you're seeing 
a resurgence of organizing within this country and indeed around the world. Okay, we all know that in the private sector, particularly, okay, unionization has been low. But I think people are all over are really fed up. I think the pandemic fed into that because how workers felt how, how felt as though that they were being mistreated. Nobody was listening to them. In the case of the Starbucks partners in in Buffalo, they actually had to, as a result of some of the protocols that the company wanted to put in place, they actually walked out. Okay, to, and protest, and that's something that you don't see, okay, historically. So we here we have a group of young workers, which I think is great millennials, as we call them, all right, are not afraid to stand up and fight and speak out for what they believe is right. So what would your message be of encouragement to the workers um, who might be listening in other parts of the countries at Starbucks and maybe other places considering this? Well, I think it's an exciting point in time. And I say the message to the Starbucks workers, especially, is, is stay strong. Okay, you know, these fights are never easy, all right? And uh, all these victories that labor has accomplished over the years have come as a result of struggle, okay? And that's one of the things that we're gonna have to do here because here you're dealing with a multi-billion dollar corporation, 9,000 stores around the country. And uh, nobody believed that this was possible, okay? When it started, okay? But the message is to those workers is to stay strong. They will be victorious. And to other workers as well, other industries, other companies, now is the time, okay? To step up, okay? contact somebody in the union because that is a way to basically change your working conditions and, and, and your wages and other benefits that you can get as a result of being part of the change in your movement. Thank you, Edgar. Very well said. Edgar Romney, the Secretary-Treasurer of Workers United, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank, thank you. Joining me on the podcast now is our new communications and campaign coordinator, Liz Sutton. Liz, welcome to the New York State AFL-CIO. Thanks so much, Darcy. It's great to be here. So that was uh, really interesting conversations, I think, we heard from uh, Michelle and Edgar about this campaign. Uh, they both sound so energized. And it was interesting to me, and I'm sure to you, because you run all our social media here at the State Fed, um, how much they both emphasized that it was social media that made a difference in this campaign. Absolutely. You know, Edgar's absolutely right. Um Twitter, it's been all over Twitter, the support for these workers, and it's just caught on like wildfire. Everyone from high-profile elected officials to an adorable orange cat named Jorts have been supporting these workers. Um, it's really been amazing to see, um, and I don't think that, uh, you know, we're, I don't think that's going to stop. One of the things we saw, too, is with, um, they were get, kind of getting cute on social media with um, the way people can support uh, the workers is by putting Union Strong, is that what they're putting on the coffee? Months. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen Union Yes, Union Strong. Um, people go into their Starbucks app and they change their name to Union Yes or Union Strong. So when you show up to get your order, um, you know, the barista calls out Union Yes, Union Strong, and then the whole store knows that uh, you're there showing solidarity. What a great way to do that. That's that's awesome. And then uh, also I want to mention, speaking of social media, we are in February. It's Black History Month. Um, and you've been awesome out there with a lot of different uh, posts. Can you tell us about that, how we're celebrating the month here at the State Fed? Thank you. Absolutely. So the Diversity and Inclusion Committee has been getting together, just working on um, social media posts. We've been doing graphics that tell people how they can celebrate Black History Month in a responsible and helpful way. You know, things like um, supporting Black businesses and, you know, most importantly, just not limiting your support to just a month. You know, we want to recognize Black history all year long. Um, so we've been putting out graphics of that nature. And we're also going to be highlighting uh, Black leaders and Black labor leaders throughout the month. So keep your eyes posted on our social media accounts for that. 
And we want, I want to point out too, you, you launched our um, TikTok. So the state fed is now on TikToks. And, and this is a, a Liz that you're either seeing or hearing right now who's in some of those uh, TikTok videos. And it's great. It's really taken off. We appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you're not on the labor side of TikTok, it's the right side of TikTok to be on. You should get there. Um, and we'd love to see you. All right. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Darcy. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary-treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State unions strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.